Which uh, political party would you say you're most affiliated with? Libertarians. Well, I'm a registered Republican, but um, uh, the last year or so I've been uh, looking into the Libertarian Party, and I find a lot of, uh, I find that I agree with them more. I've been a lifelong Republican. Uh, Larry Sharp is probably going to be the first person on a Libertarian ticket who I will vote for. Um, I believe both political parties, um, particularly here in New York State, have failed us miserably. What would draw you to Larry the most? Really how he's able to work with others and see other point of view. A common sense approach to to uh, running a state. He's very down to earth and has got some fantastic innovative ideas of how to fix certain situations um, that have been going on in New York State forever. One of his plans to um, uh, kind of sell out the names of some of the bridges mm -hmm. and I think that's a really smart idea. The amendment is, is an issue that I believe again both major parties have been incredibly weak on. Um, Larry's stance on the SAFE Act. Hello and welcome, America. I am Mike Turk, and this is the Simple Answers Podcast. It is Friday, October 26th, and today is episode 18 of the podcast. I am literally so excited for today's show as we have joining us the Libertarian candidate for New York Governor, Mr. Larry Sharp. Uh, in just a minute, we're going to go to that interview. It was pre-recorded. Um, and Larry's going to speak on a lot of important issues uh, here in New York, like uh, tax and spending reform, uh, education reform, and a few subjects that um, I don't know if Larry's talked about a lot. So um, all of this and much more on today's episode of the Simple Answers Podcast. So welcome to the show, guys. Um, like I said, we're going to be joined momentarily with uh, Larry Sharp, Libertarian uh, candidate for New York State Governor. And I, I hope that all of America will watch this interview, not just New Yorkers. Um, the, uh, the interview is just about an hour or so, a little bit over an hour, but we go over a lot of important topics, school reform, tax and spending reform, um, healthcare. We, uh, we touch on, we talk about hemp and, um, environmental. What should we do about fracking in New York state? A lot of different topics that, um, maybe he's answered before. Maybe you haven't heard the answer, but if you guys are looking for a, uh, a candidate for New York state governor or just a candidate to believe in. This is your guy. He is just as honest and forthcoming as we are here on the podcast. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He will tell you this system is broken and here's how it's broken, but here's a way to solve it and a legit reason or a legit way of solving it. Um, I was not going to vote for Larry until I did my research and I heard him speak and listened to his policies and did my research more. And uh, he pulled me over. Just like you heard in the intro, a, a lot of people are being brought in from being a Republican, being a Democrat. He's not stealing votes. Like, the two-party system wants you to believe he is creating a better way of doing things 
and he is the better candidate. So don't let me uh, hold you guys up anymore. If you want any more information on uh, the Simple Answers podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1787 Media Network. If uh, you want, you can go over and watch this interview at uh, YouTube slash 1787 Media Network. It'll be right there on our homepage. And um, follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search the Simple Answers podcast. So, um, guys, if you want any more information on Larry himself, you can go to Larry Sharp for New York uh, on Facebook, or you can go to LarrySharp.com. Here's the interview. So, Larry, I want to welcome you to the show. Um, it is an absolute honor and privilege to have you join us. And uh, I've been talking to a lot of different uh, New Yorkers, left, right. Uh, I've actually talked to a lot of people that aren't going to vote. Um, and... I've I've actually Ooh. had a lot of I know Ooh. right I've had a lot of positive feedback um, on the the Larry Sharp case so I, I like it I do believe that you're you're gaining traction and the one thing that I wanted to say um, is I believe everywhere in history there there comes people that are are needed in the right moment um, you know Washington came around exactly in the right time. Uh, well, you're, you're not making right me George time. Washington, are you? I'm not, but okay, good. I, I would say that for New York, you're coming around at the right time. I think this that is I would the agree. perfect time. Yes, um, yes. And I but think please, that's... I'm not George Washington, but yes, <laughs> this is the right time. Um, so, yes. so who is Larry Sharp? That's what, what you're gonna ask me. That was well, a boring I, question. I I know, and and we have we have much more. Uh, you know, financial stuff. I want to go through education, but uh, there are some people that don't know you yet. And, Larry Sharp uh, is a guy who wants to make actual change. I'm a New Yorker who I don't want to be like so many New Yorkers. And for those of you who are not in New York, uh, New York is losing about 100,000 people, over 100,000 people every single year. It's bad. Um, it's a place where people struggle, their kids struggle, get educated, the kids leave. Then the person stays until either their pension, they retire, or they stay until their elderly parent passes away. One of those, one of those two things happens, then they leave. And they go down to South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, Tennessee. They pack up and go. Uh, New York State's not friendly for business. It's not friendly for retirees. It's not, it's not a friendly place to, to get educated. I'm the only place that's, that really has any real um, opportunity, I mean, real opportunity as, as a percentage, right, is going to be New York City. That's it. You leave New York City and the amount of opportunity is very limited compared to other areas. And the taxation is oppressive. So you have to make some changes. And we've had, we've had 16 years where a Republican has not won a statewide election in any way, shape or form. Not governor, lieutenant governor, AG, senator, nothing. And the Democrats have run this state for 16 years. And this is a death spiral win. Does that mean Democrats are to blame? No, it means they're both to blame because Republicans have watched this happen for 16 years and they have no plan, no movement, no nothing. They are completely and totally complicit. The Republican Party in my state, the Democratic Party in my state is completely corrupt and the Republican Party in my state is completely broken. So I don't have parties to do anything in my state. They're completely broken. The Libertarian Party is the only answer. While there is the Green Party in my state, the Green Party is a placeholder party. Um, they're just hoping for their messiah to show up one day. And that's what they're doing in my state. And so 
nothing's happening. If it's not me, it's no one. So who am I? I'm a business guy who decided that I have two choices. Choice number one, move. Choice number two, try to fix my state. So I decided to take a year off from work and take a financial bath. Uh, something to remember, the two of the people who are running with me, the Republican and Democrat, both are career politicians who are taking state money in their salary to run a campaign. I'm not. I'm just getting financially destroyed. Last year, I lost 50% of my income doing this. This year, I will lose 75% of my income doing this. And I have a wife who does not work, two kids. I live in New York City. You can imagine my debt. You can imagine my bills. But don't feel sorry for me. Yes, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. What I want you to do, though, is realize one thing. Because I signed up for this, so I knew what I was doing. What I want you to do is realize I'm serious. Remember that. Right? This is not... And people tease all the time. Larry, why are you being a libertarian? Libertarians never win. Yeah, that's an accurate statement. In my state, the last three gubernatorial candidates combined did not raise $10,000. I've raised almost half a million. In the last three gubernatorial candidates combined didn't make as many stops as I make in one month. And I've been doing this for a year. This is not your regular libertarian campaign. This is not your daddy's libertarian party. This is, this is libertarian party 3.0, as I've been saying for over a year. This is the libertarian party where the homegrown libertarian, not the, you know, I used to be this and now I'm this guy. The actual homegrown libertarian has a better chance of being successful, um, better chance of growing their own their own team, um, better chance of raising their own money. This is a real campaign. I campaign almost every single day for the last year. You can see why I'm so tired now. And the other thing you find all the time is what usually happens is we rely on debates. When we don't get in debates, our campaign peters out. Mm -hmm. That's been the norm. I did not rely on debates ever. I never did. I assumed I wouldn't get in them because we never do. Um, I know the, the answer. If you want to be in debates, you've got to be popular. That's how it works. Yep. People think that debates are about democracy or information. No, they're about ad revenue. That's what debates are about, ad revenue. It's right. If you're you, pop, if you, yeah. You didn't want to be in the one on Tuesday anyway. It, you, I, I sat there and I was like, you know why Larry isn't involved in this debate is because he would mop the floor with both candidates. That's it's exactly why you weren't there. Yes, and, and I mean it was yeah. pathetic. Yes, um, and and that's the issue. I mean it's. So I've been using non-traditional media all over the place. You're included in that. See, that's yeah. what I've been using <laughs> and it's been working. I mean, I fill rooms without having TV commercials. Yep. I fill rooms without having, um, w without having, um, radio commercials. And this is something that I've learned and I'm hoping other libertarians will follow the thing that I hope I am. And you were teasing me with George Washington. That's not what I want to be. <laughs> what I want to be is I want to do. I want to be what I actually teach in business, which is you want to model the behavior that you expect. So I want to model the behavior that I want, right? I'm trying to show the Libertarian Party and to be forward, any third party, not just Libertarian, any third party, but I'm a Libertarian, so clearly I'm biased to my own party. Um, I want to show the Libertarian Party that this is how you should run a campaign. You can't just go, oh, I'm running and then go home and go back to work. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done. And we said, I ran for something. No, you didn't. You put your name on a sheet of paper. Right. That's not running for office. We have to stop that. 
I'm not a fan of paper candidates. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some cases because of state law or because of your situation where it makes sense to run paper candidates. There are specific situations where it totally makes sense. And if you're in that world, please run paper candidates. But as a general rule, I want to run real candidates. And I know the thing people talk about this. Well, Larry, we have to have a lot of candidates so that we have marketing and branding. No, you don't. That is completely backward. You know who's actually right now changing the brand of libertarianism? Me. You're looking at him. Because I run with an L by my name. And every right. time there is an interview, they say, Larry Sharp, the libertarian candidate. The mm -hmm. libertarian candidate, Larry Sharp. I am trying to change the brand. They see me doing it again and again. They see me having real conversations. They see me showing up. That's how you change the brand. You don't change the brand by people going onto the ballot and going, libertarian, what's that? Right. And that, so, doesn't, that doesn't change the brand. So have you always been a libertarian? No. No? Um, I, uh, I joined the party in 2012. I think I was a libertarian in my heart, not knowing what it was for many years, probably 20 is a guess in that okay. regard, but actually a member of the party, uh, 2012, so about six years. Okay. I joined the, I joined the, many people came to libertarianism through someone like a Ron Paul or someone like that. It's a common right. thing I hear, right? Yep. Or Harry Brown or someone like that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I came through Robert Ringer. Robert Ringer is not political at all. He is really a business guy. Well, I'm a business guy, right? I've been a business consultant for almost 15 years now. Right. So Robert Ringer is a business consultant and I read many of his books. I followed his, 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 uh, his blog as part of, you know, being in my field, understanding my people around me and, and knowing the world in, in my field. And he, he's an Ayn Rander, he's an objectivist. I'm not an objectivist, but I was searching for something. My political world, when I was a, when I was a kid, I grew up as a Democrat because my family was Democrat in New York City. That's what you do, you're Democrat. So I just right. assumed, oh, Democrats are good. Why? Because mom and dad said so. Yep. That's the reason why. And then when I joined the, the military, the Marine Corps, I shifted. And I think I shifted because you may or may not know this, but the Marine Corps is the most conservative of all the branches. So all the, all the men that I respected, and I say men not to be sexist, but I was on the ground side in the 80s and there were no women in, in my world um, as a youngster. My second tour in um, the Marine Corps, I had women in my world. But my first, first tour, there were just men in my world. Um, it was all ground side, so an old Marine Corps. And all the men that I respected and listened to and and would would literally have died for, uh, they were all conservatives. So I think I became much more conservative as as a as a youngster in that regard because all the men, oh, my, my environment was that. Mm -hmm. As the my, as my environment was Democrat, my environment became Republican. And right. my first commander in chief was Ronald Reagan. So okay. I think I really became much more conservative at that point. And then afterwards, I became very lost. In the '90s, I was very lost. I didn't like anybody. I was I was a guy who like was like you know Ross Perot is going to save the world or whatever. And I mm -hmm. couldn't have told you what Ross Perot's policies were. I have no idea. I just knew he wasn't them. That's what right. I knew. And then I was like Ralph Nader, he'll save the world because again, I didn't. He wasn't them. And I I I couldn't have told you one of Ralph Nader's policies, mm -hmm. not one. Which is why when I saw so many people in 2016 jump on the Bernie and the Trump train, I understood it. Yep. Some people knew what Bernie was about. Some people knew what Trump was about. Absolutely. But there was a massive chunk of people who had no idea what either was about. Right. But they just either leaned further left or leaned further right. 
and these guys were not the establishment, so they were the guy. Right. That's who I was. Right. Yep. I was that. I was that guy. I was like, well, Nader is not them, so he's the right guy. Um, and then eventually, I was. I just kind of gave up. Obama made me want to just give up after 2008, 2010, maybe. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. I thought Obama was going to be the hope. He's different too. See, he's going to make things happen, and he yep. didn't either. And then by 2010, 11, I was thinking, do I even care anymore? Let me just, let me just grow my business, grow my family. My, I was thinking, my answer is just make more money, and then I'll be rich, and I won't care. That's kind of where my head was going. I mean, I was, I was at that point. Yep. And then, and then I heard Gary Johnson speak. And when Gary Johnson spoke, now I'm gonna go back to, to. Um, uh, um, Robert Ringer. When Gary Johnson spoke in 2012, I had had my business for about eight years and I had just been recovering from the crash that devastated me. So as I was recovering from the crash, doing that, um, Robert Ringer was an objectivist. I'd read Ayn Rand uh, because Robert Ringer said, ring it, said, said, read it. So I was like, I'm not really a subjectivist. I'm not, I'm not an objectivist. It, it didn't land for me, right? Ayn Rand didn't land for me. But Gary Johnson's not talking about regular stuff. And the reason why I was able to get and ran more than I'm sorry, I was get, get Gary Johnson is because he was a business guy like me. So that's when I thought maybe this libertarian thing is for me. I mean, I didn't even really know what libertarian was, to tell you the truth. I didn't really get what it was. Right. And, and most people don't. Yes. I most didn't get people it. Don't. And they so, either think they're the they're the far right extremists or they think they're like liberals because liberals in the name. Yes, you know? that's correct. So yes. most people don't even understand what a libertarian is. That's correct. So I literally went to I went I went to Libertarian Party events. I went there, I met people, and I went, Oh, these are regular people. Some mm -hmm. of them weren't regular. But most <laughs> of them were most of them were regular. So I thought, okay, these are regular people. I should just, you know, do that. Let me go talk to them. And then I was on board. I was on board for the with the twenty twelve uh, Gary Johnson campaign. I voted Gary Johnson mm -hmm. twenty twelve. Um, I try to help out to the best of my ability for my local party. I joined my local party then. I think it was I, – I work in Manhattan. I live in Queens. I forgot which one I joined first. I either joined Queens first or Manhattan first, whichever. But I joined both parties in 2012. By 2013, I joined the state party and maybe even the national party or by 2014. Mm -hmm. Then 2014 when we had our gubernatorial candidate here, I supported him. Um, I went around a state with him. I, I, I supported him. I was, I was on board. 2015, I was raising money for the party. 2016, I ran for the VP slot. Uh, 2017, I was raising money for the party again. And then 2018, I'm running. Here you go. So let's let's go into, I think, the biggest uh, issue that most New Yorkers want to want to talk about, which is budget and taxes. OK, so the the 2018 budget was one hundred and sixty eight and change billion dollars. I would say I would say about one hundred seven. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe deficit spending, uh, according to the New York Post, was 18 billion through 2022, and it, de um, it depends on on how you look at it. It's about four billion dollars per year. Okay. Some people say it's higher. I I would assume that it's higher. Um, yeah, I would. It's too. New York. I would assume yep. that it's higher. Um, and we've got at least 300 billion dollars in debt. Right. And um, I also did find a fun statistic, again, reading a New York Post article uh, that was posted in July this year, uh, that we have about 49 million in IOU construction projects. That's just floating money that we owe uh, for stuff we haven't even built yet. 49 so, million? 49 million. Is that's what nothing. I, that, it's nothing, but it's still something that I have to pay for, right? Um, as, no. As a taxpayer. Nope. No. 
How? $49 million (laughs) in New York money? That's nothing. nothing. I I completely agree. In New York, it's nothing. Nothing. Um, His Majesty King Andrew II, he wants $30 billion for the MTA. Yeah. $30 billion for the MTA. If it was $49 million, I'd be happy. I'm like, oh, oh my God, only $49 million? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So New York State, man, it's nothing. It, so wow, you, you hate that. That's so I do funny. hate that because hate it's that. still money. It's still it money. It I is. would say I would say if it was like five hundred bucks, I'd be like, okay, that's nothing. Right. But, you know, right. It, it's still like I, I look at it like a regular taxpayer. Forty nine million uh, yes. means somehow my taxes are going up, which means is. somehow I ha- I'm gonna have to move eventually, right? Yes. So so I've heard uh, multiple times with interviews that you've done that you don't want to increase taxes. No, like no not. new taxes. I will not. And You're correct. No. I have also heard that you don't want to cut programs that already exist. Correct. So how do you plan on reducing the size of New York State government and the yep. budget? without Mm -hmm. doing those two things? Two things, number one, um, we have to be able to provide surpluses to the counties so they decide what to cut. That's the issue. I talk about localization all the time, right? My job is to take care of the massive issues and cut the budget on the massive issues. That doesn't mean cutting the program, that means cutting the budget. It also means that just, if you just cut services and that's all you do, you are going to create fear in our population. If you create fear in our population, they will do something bad and or stupid. Remember, people who are afraid make bad decisions. Yep. And sadly, many libertarians go, but it's wrong, but it's right, but it's this. Great, and things get worse. I'll pass, no thank you. Let me instead provide surpluses to counties so counties decide what to cut because local municipalities know better than I do. Mm -hmm. So let them cut. But something else happens you do that. Now the local people get to be heroes, and that's what I want. Because if I'm the one who's saying, it's Larry Sharp, he's cutting, look how awesome he is. One, I become the emperor, which makes everybody angry. And two, I'm already going to be fighting two other parties that don't like me. If I don't give them opportunities to shine, they will fight me. If I allow them to be local heroes, they won't fight me as much. How do I know this? Twofold. Number one, most of these local people, some of them care, some of them don't but every single one of them cares about their their personal power. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. So if I give them the ability to stay in power, then they'll wanna support me. I also notice from my business world, sometimes I've gone into businesses to help repair a business. When I go in, I'm the outsider. I'm the guy, who's this guy coming in? How, he's not one of us. One of the things I learned is let let, let the local manager be a hero and the odds are the manager will support you. If you start going in saying, let me tell you how to fix things, they rebel and they fight against you. Even if you're right, it doesn't matter. I want to follow that same model. But something else, we're not going to get rid of Medicaid. So why would I even imagine doing that? But can I do things that will make it less expensive? Yes, lots of them. I'm not going to get rid of education. Why would I want to? Can I do things that make it less expensive? Yes, I can. So in the big pieces, I want to begin to lower spending. Mm-hmm. This is the issue. If we just start cutting taxes, we're just going to incur more debt. Correct. It, that's all we're going to do. Right. And if we just start cutting programs, we're just going to make more people more afraid. That's why I don't want to do either. The answer is lower spending and raise money through ways other than taxation. 
So showing people that, I know this is gonna make someone crazy, taxation is the only way to society. Showing people that there's other ways to having a society besides taxation. There are other ways yeah. to do that. You'll never get an argument when you say taxation is theft from me. Like it, yes, if you could but, get away with taxes, I would be, I would love everybody. Yes. You know? That'd be amazing, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, and, and the issue is, you know, I want to change culture. That's the most important piece right now. I remember someone, this is, this is an argument I had. I mean, I don't know many years ago when someone was, I got one purist a libertarian yelling at me saying, you know, why do we need to have ambulance services? Wouldn't you help somebody on the street? And I said, right now, no, I wouldn't because I've been trained all my life that you call 911. That's my culture. Mm -hmm. That's what I know. I don't know to help someone on the street. I know to call 911. So, and so do millions and millions of Americans that's what we've been, that's our culture. That's our knee jerk reaction. So that's what we should start thinking about. I have to change culture to where, no, you need to help somebody. I mean, there's that, that's a story from, I think it was the 60s. There was a, a woman who was, it was, here, it was here in Queens, New York. There was a woman who was uh, being brutally uh, murdered by a guy in like 60 witnesses or something like that. I forgot the name. It's, it's a relatively famous story. I'm saying it, people will remember it now. Um, and no one called 911 because everyone thought someone was going to call 911. Mm -hmm. And no one helped her because everyone thought somebody would help her. Right. So no one did anything. And she was literally murdered in front of, you know, 60 witnesses or something like that, whatever that amount was. And if we don't change culture, then it doesn't matter. And my point is the ideas I bring up are ideas that aren't just fund and give more money. They're let's make things better without raising taxes. Now, in my state, and I'm sure you see this in all states, um, the Democrat uses the phrase fund, the Republican uses the, uses the, I'm sorry, the word fund, and the Republican uses the word invest. What does it actually mean? More taxes. More money. That's it. That's it. And they decide to fund or invest in different things. So the Democrat says, we have to, uh, we've got to fund or fully fund education. That's, that's their answer. Not make education better, not let teachers teach, we have to fully fund it because the other problem is money. Mm -hmm. We dropped $22,000 per kid in New York State, more more, more than, than, than California even. We're $10,000 per kid higher than every other state, and we rank 37th. So it, I did want to get into education, but I, have, I, I want to finish up on budget really quick. And I'll so, keep going. So it, I, I know you have some alternative ways of raising revenue, which yes. I've heard – uh, you speak on, I, I want to have you touch on that, uh, um, really quick. I've heard some yeses and I've heard some nos on, on this plan. Um, which well, is kind of parts. interesting. The most um, popular one I have is the one where I say least naming rights to bridges and tunnels. Right. That's and, my most popular one. And, and personally, I love that idea. But again, I've I've been talking to people that are like, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm like, well, would you rather increase taxes or have something like this? Um, yeah, no. If, if they're upset, I get it. I mean, uh, listen. Well, let me explain the process so people get it. Some people don't get it. The, the assumption they think and they say all the time is, well, you're going to privatize the bridge. That's where their head goes mm -hmm. because no one's had this idea before in the way I'm having it. So their assumption is, I'm selling a bridge off to whatever some some company. Right. Well, I, if I sell the bridge off, that's a really bad idea. They're right. That's a terrible idea. And people and their libertarians get mad. Well, of course you want to privatize the bridge. No, I don't. 
We own the asset as a state. We've paid for the asset. Like you and I right now, we're still paying for all those assets. Yes. Right? So I don't want to get rid of the asset. I want to lease the naming rights so we can keep making money. So you lease naming rights on, on the bridge. In this case, I'll call the uh, the, the Tappan Zee Bridge that used to, that's now called the Maricomo Bridge. We'll call it the Google Bridge. We'll say Google wants to pay for it. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if Google wants to pay for it. But in theory, Google decides to pay for it. Great. Google now, Google now has the bridge. Google will pay us. $100 million, $50 million a year. How do I know that much? Because companies, these are companies that drop billions of dollars every year in marketing every year. Billions. These are companies that drop $20 million on a stadium, right? Mm -hmm. These types of companies. And the stadium's used on the weekends. That's yeah. it. I'm telling you, here's a bridge that is mentioned hundreds of times every day during rush hour, day and night, in a 16 million person metro area. It'll be on Google Maps. Right, as that, right, whatever it is, it'll be yep. it'll be on Google Maps to on top of it. And here's another part: it's crossed by hundreds of thousands of cars every single day. You won't give me fifty million bucks for that? Yeah, you will. Of yeah. course you will. How do you it's, know that? It's perfect I advertising. Yes, exactly. I already have bankers in Manhattan now asking me about it. How, how long's the lease? What are we talking about? Already started happening. So it is an idea. But more importantly, now the naming rights are leased. We still own the bridge. What does that mean? We still inspect the bridge. Right now in New York State, bridges collapse. Why? Yep. We inspect bridges, and then we put them on a list of whenever we can get to them. We don't have budgets for it, and eventually the bridges don't get fixed, and they collapse. That happens now in New York State. But now when we have these guys who we inspect, they have to fix the bridge. If they don't fix the bridge, then they lose the contract. We actually have repercussions. We'll literally have safer bridges. They will so pay us, and we'll have safer bridges. And here's the best part. Since they're paying us and taking care of maintenance, that means we're not paying for maintenance. Imagine if we can do that across the state. How much of the budget will go down if we're not paying for infrastructure costs? Right. And the infrastructure, instead of being sunk cost, the reverse is making us money. So we're gaining money and spending less. And if I'm not, if the money isn't coming out of Albany, less corruption because I'm not giving my cronies and my and my party loyalists these massive contracts. We say $49 million in, in giveaway and, and soft money. And oh my God, forget about it. That all goes away too. Just just for just for maintenance, obviously. There, there was tons of other ways to be corrupt. But that that way will go away. Right? And here's the next part. If you do that, why do we have tolls? So no tolls. So now the average truck driver saves money. The average mm -hmm. person who goes to go, here's what people don't realize. Tolls don't hurt the wealthy. The wealthy in places like New York City already live in the city. Mm -hmm. They don't pay the toll. It's the people who can't afford to live in the city who have to drive in every day to go to work. They're paying tolls every day. And for I, those of you who don't know the New York City area, tolls are as high as $15 per bridge. Yeah, it's, I mean, even even by me, I'm I'm just south of Albany. And just to go to work, I, I go over a bridge, I pay $1.50 every single direction because it's a yep. double tax bridge. Um, three, bu three bucks you know, a day so you pay. Three bucks a day, you know, I'm spending $9 a week to go to work, you know, and it, it adds up. It adds up. You only go to work You only go to work three days a week? I do. So I'm a New York State paramedic, so I only oh, work most three days go, a week. Most go five, so most of them <laughs> 15 five. bucks a week. I, I'm a little luckier. Um, yes. So how do we, uh, how do we with these types of plans and with shrinking size of government, how do we attract – industry and business mostly to like upstate because i believe downstate is doing amazingly well but everyone, everything always, everyone around new york says, city is. you know 
upstate struggles, which it does. Yes. You know, I've, I've lived upstate my entire life. Um, how do we attract new business like, yeah. you know, Amazon and Google or, you know, we don't fortune 500 we don't. companies. No, we don't. Okay. That's the problem. Okay. Let me cover both pieces. Let me cover okay. the New York city piece and then let me cover the big business piece. Yep. New York city. Yes. The reason why New York city does so well compared to the rest of the state is because New York city is literally a magnet for talent. One third of people live in New York city are not born in the country because we don't know that. Another one-third aren't born in the city. We are a magnet for talent, particularly though female talent. Female talent rushes to New York State, uh, to New York City. So we're a magnet for talent, number one. That's not that's not the only reason, but that's one reason. The next reason is we are a we we are we are where all the money is. Mm-hmm. Right? The finance sec- section sector is here. If you're trying to finance a company, tough to beat New York City. Right. Sadly, though, because of our, our horrible state. California, um, Silicon Valley is getting better. Actually, their their San Francisco is getting better, and I, I I hate to say that, but they are. There's a lot of money out there now too for financing, and it's 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 going to hurt New York State tremendously if we don't change that. And the n- next thing is we're a 16 million metro person area, so if you're looking for customer base or talent pool. Tough to beat a 16 million right. metro person area. I mean, it's bigger than some countries. Yeah. Right? So this is one of the reasons why we can survive, even though New York City has some of the most oppressive laws out there. There's just so much opportunity, it outweighs all the punishment. Yep. So, and also New York City is storied for, go to the big city and make it there. So people rush there also. So this is one of the reasons. You don't have that same story or that concept when you go upstate. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you fix upstate? It is not bringing big business in. That is the absolute wrong answer. And we've been doing that for years and it hurts. What we do in New York State is we bribe big business to show up. Here are some bribes. Here's $10 million. We'll build this thing for you. We'll do this thing for you. We'll pay your rent. We'll do we'll, we'll, whatever. Big business goes, oh, thank you for the bribes. And they show up. Big business is already big. So that's one advantage. Second advantage is now they have bribes. So now they're super big business, basically. Mm -hmm. They crush all the small businesses around them when they show up. The bribes go away in five years. They leave, ghost town. Stop that. No more bribing. And here's the worst part. If you've got a bribe, that means your environment sucks. Stop bribing. The fact that you have to bribe shows how bad our state is. Mm -hmm. We We tried to bribe Amazon with $700 million. And they said no. Yep. God, how bad is our state? When I say, here's $700 million. No, thanks. I'll pass. $700 million? You said no? Wow. It does make you bang your head on the wall. It really does. Yes. So Um, my answer is not that. My answer is support small business in every way, shape, or form. And there are many ways to do this, not just talk about it with basically all the time. (coughs) We'll lower the tax rate or whatever. That's not enough. We got, we got to change the way we do workers' comp. Workers' comp is hammering small businesses. So we've got to make it to where in New York State, you have to have workers' comp for both um, uh, on the job and off the job. Off the job has to go away. If your boss tells you to do something and you get hurt, that's workers' comp. I got it. Your boss yeah. told you to do it. I'm with you. Makes total sense. But you did something because you feel like it? How's that your boss's fault? Right. That's your fault. That's why you have insurance. Don't, yep. don't do dumb stuff. That's you. <laughs> I'm serious. That's you, right? It's I mean, true. It's, it's absolutely true. You. So yep. why is your boss paying for that? 
Now we're doubling and tripling the, the, that. We have to get rid of our insurance board. New York State has an insurance board. Most states do not have an insurance board. We have one. Our insurance board is literally predatory. It is actually hunting small businesses and the way it's going upstate to extinction. So it's actually doing that. It is so bad as it hunts small businesses. So if you get rid of the insurance board, we don't need it. There are, there are federal guidelines that will work fine. We can have standards in our state without having a board. We don't require that. Those two things. Next, we've got to make sure that we support all the all the newest initiatives and newest ideas. We have to support cryptocurrency, blockchain, vaping industry, hemp, cannabis. We have to support all the new ideas. What New York does instead is hit over a stick or over-regulate to where it's useless. Yep. And if we over-regulate, we make it to where only the big business can win and all small business loses. That's what we've been doing forever. That has to end. But I'm still not done. Excuse me. I'm still not done. Wyoming has a law right now that says if you sell, if you're a farmer and you sell only locally, not outside of Wyoming, you're immune from federal regulatory bodies. We should copy that law here for all small businesses. If you are a small business and you sell only locally, not internet, locally only, yep. you should be immune from all federal regulatory bodies. You start doing things like that, you'll see people start coming back. At the same time, we have to start just being the facilitator in chief. I've got to be the guy who's marketing. I've got to be the guy saying, hey, why don't we come up and do cool things in New York State? And I'll give you two ideas. The first one is small farmers. I want small farmers to be treated like small businesses. We have tons of small farms upstate. Sadly, they're going oh, yeah. away like there's no tomorrow. This yep. Every day. We, we literally have a suicide epidemic in our farmers. And that's horrible that it exists and no one seems to care. I'm the only one talking about this. Right? So why don't we instead – allow farmers they want to, to grow both hemp and cannabis products. And when I say regulated, I mean regulated like onions. One exception, you gotta have a, an ID card, 18, 18 years or older to buy. Otherwise, just go. I don't want massive licenses, I don't want massive regulations, I don't want massive taxes. I want the small, the small farmer to go, yeah, I'm doing it, mm -hmm. let's go. And then we wanna treat our small farmers like small businesses, meaning again, lower insurance rates, not like farms, lower workers' comp along with my workers' comp plant so they can actually hire people and hire, uh, um, I'm sorry, um, experts. And last, give them, make them have access to small business loans. This way now, you're, you're a farmer who's struggling. Okay, start a hemp start a hemp farm, right? If that's appropriate for you. I'm not a farmer. If right, you're a I farmer, mean, you'll know, you'll know what works best. You're giving them another cash crop. I mean, Yes, really. but more importantly, with a small business loan, now they can actually start the facility on the farm itself to make hempcrete or hemp plastic or hemp rope or whatever, some some craft hemp product or some craft cannabis product. Mm -hmm. How do I know this will work? Look at our beer industry in New York State. It's exploding. Yeah. Exploding. Yep. So why don't we do it for hemp and cannabis, another cash crop? But I'll go one step further. How about for our uh, do the same thing for dairy farmers? Our dairy farmers right now are price takers and not price makers. Right? If the Chinese happen to love cheese this year, then we get a, a huge high price and all the farmers are happy. But if the, if the Chinese don't like cheese this year, the price goes down, extra milk, and everyone's suffering. Right. How about instead we allow all those small dairy farmers who want to, to become, again, craft grows, craft yogurt, craft cheese, craft ice cream, any of those things, right? Give them the opportunity. Some people will choose it, some won't, but it gives them hope and those who choose it can make some money and those who choose it will actually make less milk on the market, less milk on the market, higher milk pricing, right. higher milk pricing for those who aren't going to do it. 
So it will allow – both of them will be able to help each other. Perfect. So This I is wanna... how we can help upstate New York by supporting small business. And I think that's – I think it's a, a great outlook to look at things. I mean, you, you look at Greene County where I am. We have more dairy cows than people. There we go. You know, there there's there's a farm in the district that I work in that literally is going to have the most amount of cows. I think it's going to be 2,500 cows on one wow. farm. It's going to be the biggest dairy farm in the state. There we go. The only way he could do it was going and find an investor that wanted to throw away money from New York City. That and that's what I'm saying. Look, the beer industry is not is not taking money. You know, the, the beer industry is not growing because it's taking money from the state. The beer industry is growing because it's taking money from investors. Right. I was at an I was at a cannabis investment summit in New York City. I don't know about a, a month ago now, three three weeks ago. Um, and it was in New York City. And I, I was invited to speak because I'm the only candidate talking about legalizing hemp and, and cannabis realistically. The rest, the others aren't going to do it. Um, so I'm the only one talking about it. So they invited me to speak. There were hundreds of millions of dollars being invested just from that summit. Guess how many came? Well, how many of those dollars was going to New York State? None. Zero. Yeah. Zip. None. Though all those dollars were going to either California, Colorado, Washington State, or outside of our country. Mm-hmm. Lose, lose, lose. The summit was held in New York because New York City is where the bankers are. But none of the money was coming to our state. Right. What an absolute waste. What an absolute loss. It's bad. That money should be coming to our state. I agree. So let's let's dive into education because there's there's a couple things I want to touch base on. Um, just as, as a district, I live in, like I said, Greene County, uh, my district taxes have gone up 22% just last year. Is that all? It, it, that still hurts. I'm totally totally teasing you. I I know. But wait, no, we have a 2% property tax cap. Didn't (laughs) Nick talk about that? Uh, He saved you already. Why aren't you happy with (laughs) His Majesty and how he saved you already with his two percent property tax cap. Oh yeah, that that still can go up over two percent. Um, so most people uh, eventually can't afford their mortgage because yep. of school taxes or you yep. know property taxes are 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 in there, but mostly it's school taxes. I've owned my house for four years. I've seen my mortgage go up about five hundred dollars just yep. because on school taxes alone. One percent. So how do we, this is threefold. How do we make New York schools competitive? Because I have two small boys. They're going to, you know, my, my oldest is in preschool. He's going to go to elementary school next year. What's going to be his uh, education for the next 12 years? Um, How do we decrease the need for increasing school taxes every year? And then something I've never heard you talk about is the Excelsior program. Are you going to be keeping free college tuition in this state or is that no. something to get rid of? No, 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 nothing but a bad idea. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Excelsior is nothing but bad. I'll cover my, this is going to be a long one. I'm sorry, okay. guys. You asked, you asked a serious question. I got to give you a long answer. That's and fine. the reason why I have to give you a long answer is people don't like it sometimes, but I have to. The, the damage that has been done in this state has been for decades of damage. There's no quick answer. There's no one answer. We want, well, well, what are you going to do? Wave my magic wand. Of course I can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to do lots of things to fix these massive problems. And if you're mad at me because I don't have a simple answer, go vote 
Cuomo and you'll keep the same garbage. Yep. Or you can give me some patience and hear me out and tell and, and, and I'll show you how we can actually fix this thing. Oh, you don't have to. And you can go vote Cuomo and, and be righteous and leave my state. That's because that's what's going to happen next. You can't afford it. You're going to leave. You can feel righteous as you're packing your bags. So <laughs> any case, I say it all the time. People get mad. and But you have yeah, but to. But it's no, the no. truth. It is. It is 100% you feel the righteous. Truth. And you'll I mean, pack hell, your bags while you feel righteous. My wife and I already was like, yeah, we can move to Montana anytime. Like, I, 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 have, I can yes. find a paramedic job over there. Yep. So yeah. let me go why Excelsior is bad. Excelsior is bad because let me do education and then it'll show you why Excelsior is bad. Yep. Several things. We've got to, education requires a reboot. What everyone says is we have to fund it. That is exactly the wrong answer. It is a bad system. I don't want to fund a bad system. We just, we're rewarding bad behavior. That's a bad idea. Number one, we need to end all standardized testing prior to high school. Standardized testing is useless before high school. In high school, it's not bad because it can help you figure out where you're going, what you're good at. It can help you absolutely in high school or above. That's fine. Prior to that, it's an unfair way of grading teachers. It is um, it is a, a unfair where an unfair way of rewarding schools. It makes kids who are 10, 11, 12 years old feel stupid if they can't test well, creating a secondary class of student. And it is no indication of success in life at that age. Bad, bad, and bad. Goes away. The second that goes away, teachers are very happy. I know it. They tell me all the time. They can actually teach the children, give them a love of what they're trying to achieve. One of the biggest problems we have in school now is school is I'm going to tell you something, memorize it. When I ask you about it on the test later, answer it. Yep. That's not education. That's regurgitation. That's, not, that's correct and yeah. useless. Yep. Because whatever you learned in in you know in a certain time, five years from now it's different. Twenty years from now it's irrelevant. Right. You have to you have to you have to raise our kids today having to learn. The average kid, your children, are going to have at least five careers. I didn't say five jobs, mm -hmm. five careers. The odds are your children will work into their 70s. Why? They'll be healthy enough. That's the odds. So they're going to work into their 70s, which means either they're going to work because they're bored and want to stay busy because they're healthy enough, or because they have a lifestyle that they want to maintain and their retirement doesn't give them the lifestyle. Right. So the odds are your kids are going to work even into your 70s. That's the odds. Five careers. What is it, what is it going to matter what they learn in junior high school? Yeah. They've got to <laughs> keep learning yep. their entire life. You have to keep learning, and so do I. Right. Those who don't stop learning stagnate and fail. That's how our society works. Correct. So the idea of doing that regurgitation thing is not does not make any sense to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's number one. Teachers will be very happy. Kids will be happier. You have kids who are getting stressed over standardized testing at 10, 11, 12 years old. We have a rash again of suicides even in our kids. This is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens when we do that. We lose Common Core. I don't care. Good Common Core should go away anyway. Totally happy with that. Yeah, but we'll, okay also with that. Lose, we'll also lose federal funding, which is also good. Why? Because we lose all of the strings attached to the federal funding. I'm happy about that. New York State's budget for education is about $60 billion. We will lose $4 billion, which is federal funding. That will go away. Good, let it go. I'll tell you why in a second. Remember that $4 billion number for the future, $4 billion matters. Okay, when we lose that, we'll also lose a bunch of strings. The strings means a bunch of administrators. In New York State, the average teacher across the state makes about $80,000 a year. 
downstate skews that higher than upstate. Yep. The average administrator makes about $150,000 or more. Some make two hundred or $300,000 a year. Yes, I said it. Two or $300,000 a year. Lots of them will go away when the federal strings go away. Nice. You get rid of two or three administrators, that's two or three teachers, that's more books, that's more computers, that's more insert thing here. Right. But guess who will not decide what they should buy? Me. I won't decide. The local people will decide. As long as they are transparent, they will decide what to purchase. Again, creating local heroes, which is what I want. Now, let me keep going. Not just that. I don't want K through 12. I want K through 10. K through 12 is an anachronism and should not exist anymore. The last two years of high school for too many kids is gym, study hall, video games, and smoking weed. This is not the right answer. It breaks them. It, it, lack of per purpose, lack of community. They hate school. They're, they're, they're being, their time's being wasted. And then their habits are so bad when they get to college, it takes them six years, if not more, to graduate. And the graduation rates are terrible. And on top of that, the first year of, of, of college, we all know, is 13th grade. Right. Right? We know this. Yep. Nothing but bad, bad, bad. Now, you got a kid who's 24 years old, nothing but bad habits, never had a job, and we wonder, why does he have no work ethic? Huh. Well, yeah. we gave he him no work ethic. He didn't learn any. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Or worse, he's 24 years old, has a degree in something that has no value whatsoever. Why? Because the Excelsior program told him to get a degree in something that has no value because right. it was free. Because he picked college because it was free. Not because he wanted to go. Not because he had purpose. Not because he knew what he was doing, but because it was free. Yeah. And now he's and now he has a, he has a degree he can't use and there's no opportunity and he has to work at Starbucks. Yep. And we wonder why he's failing at 26 years old. Yeah. Or worse, he didn't go to Excelsior. Somebody's $100,000 in debt. Somebody has to go home and live with mom at 26. Yep. Failure, failure, failure. And it happens right? all the time. All, all the, time. the time. Yes. And our answer is, here's the problem. We've been told a lie and we're still being told a lie. And the lie is, <laughs> excuse me, the only way to success is to get a, a great high school diploma, a regent's diploma from New York State, and then go to a great college and graduate from a great college and have a great, a great, great career in front of a computer for the rest of your life. Okay, that's a lie. That's been a lie for decades, and yep. we still keep talking. That's a way to success. That's not the only way. There are many, many roads to success. That's just one. But try to get a teacher or a school or a guidance counselor to, to say that. No. All they say is college, 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 college. It's true. I mean, yes. All they say. Even when I was going to school, you were you were expected to go to college. Yes. Was, for what? 13, 14 years ago when I graduated. You were yes. expected to go to college, and I did. And yes, and I'm not using part. my degree. Of I course, you're and not. Change careers. Yes, that's you the know? norm. It, it is it, the norm. As I said, it's been a lie for decades. Right. And we still tell people this. It's a lie. The the worst thing in New York State is we worry about this uh, Regents diploma from high school. What a goddamn waste! <laughs> oh my god. Nobody cares. If you have a Regents diploma from high school, nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. No one's ever said, oh, let me check your resume here. <laughs> Whoa, Regents diploma from New York State. You are hired. That's <laughs> never happened ever. Nobody cares. Oh, I love nobody it. Nobody cares. So we should stop fooling ourselves and act like we're doing something. Now the next thing is, there's an advanced Regents. What idiot thought that was a good idea? 
let's put more pressure on our kids for a useless degree. Let's teach them and give them more pressure to pass a test that no one cares about but them. No one cares. This is, an, this is useless. Yeah. It's just go away. So that'll go away. Here's what I want to do instead. 10th grade, you take a test, you pass your test, there's your high school diploma. Life is good. Now you have five choices. Option one, if you think college is right for you because you have some purpose, because you want to go, not because people have forced you or you think it's the only answer, because you've said, I want to go to college. Great. Go to a two-year prep school. The two-year prep school sets you up for college, right? Biology or English or history, whatever's your thing. Go. Please do that. Now when you get to college at 18 or 19, you are ready to rock and roll. You know what you need to know. There's no 13th grade. You might even graduate in three years. You can take advantage of internships and incubators and do massive projects and get something out of your college experience. So when you're out, you're ready to rock and roll. All right, you don't want to do that. No worries. You're the super smart kid. You're the kid who, who takes tests like there's no tomorrow. You're, you're, you, know, you, you love book learning. That's your thing. Awesome. Go right to college. Why are you bored in high school? Don't do that. And lots of kids are bored in high school. Don't oh, yeah. be bored. Take your SAT. Get your two-year degree, associate's degree off the bat. Now you're 18 with an associate's degree. Head on off to college. Get your master's. Go rock and roll. Do your thing, man. That, that's who you are. Go. All right. You don't want to do that. No worries. Go to trade school. Become an HVAC guy. Become a mechanic. Uh, work in uh, you know, refrigeration. I don't care. Do whatever's appropriate for you. All right? Become a carpenter, a plumber. Go do that stuff. Awesome, you go to a two-year trade school. Now you're 18, and depending upon what you do, you will either have a license or be ready for an apprenticeship. Awesome, go do that. You're ready to rock and roll. You don't like that? Go get a job. Just go work. Yep. You're 16. You can work. I worked at 16. You're not going to die. This right. isn't the 1800s. I'm not gonna, I got trapped in a loom and died. That's not going <laughs> to happen. I mean, that's, that's fantasy stuff. It's not going to happen. Go work. You know, Learn that when your boss says show up at 8, it doesn't mean 9.30. Right. It means 7.45. Learn that as a kid so that you get a, a work ethic. Work ethic is a problem in across the, the country, oh, yeah. but particularly in New York State. It's a problem, right? I have a guy who literally said this. He said, Larry, my, my, interview, my interview is very simple. I tell the kid to show up at, at 8 o'clock. I open the door at 8 o'clock. If he's there, he's hired. He said, and I'm more than one person told me this. I'm, I will hire anybody with a work ethic. He didn't say anybody with a Regents diploma. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say anybody with 10 years experience. He said, anybody with a work ethic, I will hire them. Go get a job, get a work ethic. It's not a bad idea. Nope. But I brought the trade school piece up also, by the way. New York State has a, a specific problem with tradesmen. Our average tradesman is over 50. That's a problem. We desperately yeah. need tradesmen. And the problem is you might say, well, Larry, you can go to BOCES in New York. And for those of you who aren't in New York State, BOCES is basically like our high school trade school, basically, right? I mean, right. It's kind and of I was big, actually going to bring that up because isn't that funded by taxpayer dollars? Yes. And okay. when we should be going to BOCES. But here's the problem. The, it, the culture and image of BOCES is terrible, and that's our fault, mm-hmm. right? People say this all the time. Oh, you're better than BOCES. BOCES is for the bad kids. BOCES is for the, uh, is for the dumb kids. Shame on us for saying that, thinking that way. Horrible. Yeah. Boses is great. The Boses kid who becomes a plumber, now they're 24 years old. They don't have $100,000 in debt. 
right. and they're making at least 80k a year as a plumber at least if not right. 150 as as a as a union worker right. at least 80k and no debt yeah. that dumb kid sounds pretty smart to me yep That's i agree the one I want. and they're happy mm-hmm. but, the, the, but the worst part of this whole system is now you have kids who basically are forced because of their environment into college don't want to be in college in the first place fail miserably in college are unhappy and then at 26, 27 go, I just want to build houses. Yeah. And then they go start the trade. So I just want to be a cop or a firefighter or I just want to be this thing. We stole 10 years of their life because of a lie. And we put $100,000 of debt and we're going to affect them for the next 10 years. And we wonder why they're so goddamn unhappy. Right. We're doing it to them. Yep. We're setting a system up that's making it bad. Let, I can't fix parenting, but I can fix the environment. So I'm going to do that. That I can do. Let's make that. We have a generation of 20-somethings that if you ask them, do you feel like an adult? Over half will say no. There's a thing called adulting. Which is sad. I mean. Yes. And we're doing nothing. All we're doing is making it worse. We're the yeah. ones saying, let's now keep your kids on health care until they're 27. That's no. making it worse. Yeah. Let's keep them in college. Even Let's give them free education so they can go to master's degree. So now they stay in school till 26. That's making it worse. Yep. That's not making it better. Giving them the handout makes it worse. I don't know if you know this, but particularly in small businesses, it's getting bigger though. A master's degree on your resume is becoming a no hire. Let me say it again. Really? A master's degree is becoming a no hire. So you look, go master's, nope. Master's, nope. Masters, nope. And it and used to hap- be the other way around. That's correct. Not anymore. That's going away. You know who does, who likes uh, a lot of education? Some large businesses do, but even they're starting to stop. But second, government, academia. So what do you find in government workers now? You find a lot of them very, very, very overqualified. Right. Lots of them with masters, doctors degree. Why? Government cares. Hmm. Others, not so much. Right. You find people get master's degrees and or doctorates, higher education, struggle for three, four, five, six years and go, I can't find a decent job. And then go back and go work for government. Nothing else out there. Right. No one else seems to care. Yeah, there's and no opportunity. I mean, no, you, no one cares about your master's degree. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying with no opportunity. You spent so much time getting whatever, you know. Yes. It, oh, I, I studied X in college and I'm awesome at it. Great. Well, there's no jobs for that. But Nobody there's another cares. thing here too. There's no jobs, right? But something else. Culture says once you've got your master's degree, now you deserve something. I hate now that there's word. something waiting for you. Right. Because you have this. Someone has to respect this. No one has to do anything. Nope. You have to have value to an employer or you're not getting hired. Mm-hmm. I teach at these look. I've taught the graduate level of both Yale and Columbia as a guest instructor. I teach at Baruch and I've taught at John Jay College. And I tell kids all the time, what are you doing? And I've heard people say this. At a master's degree level, a guy tell me, well, Larry, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my graduate degree. I got that. But what are you doing besides that? Well, no, I'm a student. Great. What else are you doing? Right. Well, uh, 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 you think that's enough? And they go, yeah. And they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're wrong. It, it, it's, and it's sad. You know, like yep. you said, we're sending people up to fail. You know, the, we're, we're literally, I, our structured system is, is setting yes. them up for failure. 
I am the only candidate who is saying what's actually happening. Why? I'm a business guy. I hire and fire. I see it. Right. I deal with people. The guys running against me, two career politicians who would, who have no idea what I'm talking about. Just yeah, and, no and idea. The, and that's no literally idea. what brought me on board with, uh, with your campaign was I would rather the guy that's a straight shooter that's going to go, yep. look, this is the issue. I'm going to yep. shed light on it because no one else will. But here's an actual solution instead of talking around with no real solution. And, yes. I, and I love that about you. You, you. you are as blunt as I am. You know, when I'm talking I, to my patients, I'm blunt. Hey, you're having a heart attack. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. This, this is what's going on. This is what I'm going to do to help you. Yes. You do the same thing and I love it. Um, I'm trying to make some, I'm trying to change things. I don't just want to feel righteous. Right. Right. Feeling righteous is very low on my priorities. Happy New Yorkers, very high. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is, and, and I talk often about this idea, this country was built on the idea of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And no one talks about it. And it's why we have a country. Right. Right. I mean, in our founding documents, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Right. And no one talks about it. Nope. The reason why it bothers me most is New Yorkers are not happy. That's why we're leaving. If we if I can make happy New Yorkers, happy employees, happy employers, happy mothers, happy fathers, happy retirees, happy students, if I can make them happy. You'll stay in New York. It's not rocket science. It really no. isn't. It's not no. rocket science. It's just if you're happy here, you'll stay here, which means you'll grow your family here. You'll grow your business here. You'll educate your kids here. You'll stay here until you retire. You'll retire here. You'll spend your pension here. Mm -hmm. That's what I want you to do. Right. If we do that, we raise tax revenue without raising taxes because more people are here. Right. Yes, this is what I want. This is what I, I want you to imagine for a second if New York State was this way. Imagine if New York State was you got educated here and you got a job here. It was a job you enjoyed, you liked, you were happy. So you got married here, you started a family here. Awesome, that'd be amazing. You have some kids here. The kids get educated here. They find work here. You stay here and you until you retire. And when you retire, you get your pension. And you retire here, but your pension's so good and you're so happy here, you take your pension and you start a small business in your town, hiring more people. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. But and, that's and, not and the norm. And it doesn't happen. No, the norm is you struggle here and complain. Your kids barely get by. You have to have tutors because the school system is so bad, it's two-tiered, that if you can afford tutors, your kids do well. If you can't afford tutors, your kids struggle. So then your kids graduate. They spend six years, eight years, semi trying to find something on their way. They can't, they finally finish some education, then they leave the state. Then you still stay here because either you're waiting for your pension or one of your elderly parents is still old, you're waiting for them because they still live here. Because they're trapped here because their property tax is so high they can't sell. Right. So they're trapped here because of their property. So you wait till your elderly parent dies or you, you retire one or the other, and then you leave. Yep. That's the norm. That is the norm. It, it, that's my horrible. parents did that. You know, yes, because that's my, the norm. Yeah. My parents came here in the 70s. They bought a house in 84. Um, my dad worked for IBM for 35 years, collected a pension, said, oh, I can't afford to live in New York State on my pension anymore, moved to Maryland. Yes. My mom moved to South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, it happens yes. all the time. All the time. That's the norm. 
you know? And who is talking about that? Nobody. Only me. Yep. And that's why Nobody I appreciate Nobody else. It. And I appreciate it. I'm um, trying to fix this thing. Happiness matters. People matter. This state is a beautiful state, which so many people don't understand. New York State has the, the – we have mountains as awesome as Colorado. We have farmland as awesome as the Midwest. We have lakes and rivers as awesome as Minnesota. We have a, a waterfall that is bar none, one of the, mo the most attractive sites in North America. We have the largest city in the entire country, all within one amazing state. Yeah. People love New York. They just hate our government. Yep. I, I refuse to leave because I love New York, but I would be forced out because of the government. That, that's yes. literally, I, I've been a lifelong New Yorker. The only one Me in my too. family that was born and raised and still living here. Me too. And, I'm with you, brother. I'm with I'm you. like, I don't want to leave, but eventually I will. If Me too. changes, you know? Yes. I, I agree. So I want to touch base on a couple things really quick because I, I don't want to keep you too long. So one of our followers asked this very specific question about fracking. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on opening up fracking lands? Sure. I care about two things, transparency and property rights. And I care about that in everything I do, transparency and property rights. The idea that the governor can say no fracking across the state is an embarrassment. It's virtual signaling. It's stupid. It shouldn't exist. What we should do is two things, expect and, re and require transparency. Look, fracking companies screwed up bad and they screwed up for a very important reason. They were not transparent. Yeah. They hit they hid behind intellectual property and said, oh, we can't tell you what we're putting in. We can't tell you how we're putting it in. It's intellectual property. We can't do that. You do that, you may not frack in my state. Okay. If you are transparent and you tell the people exactly what you're putting in and how you're putting it in, everything. If you won't do that, you may not frack. If you do that and then all the people involved agree it's their property, not mine, you may frack. That's it. And if that's fair. you're transparent, I feel like that's fair. Yes. If you're transparent and everyone involved says yes, why should I stop? That makes mm -hmm. no sense to me. Now, the reality of it is, for those of you who care, a lot of people, most people actually don't want fracking in New York State. So I think there are 15 counties that could frack. I think 14 have already voted against it, not mistaken. So the odds of fracking happening in New York State, I think, are slim because the image is just so bad. The yeah. fracking companies have done such a bad job, their image is horrible. So I think it's not going to happen anyway. But whether it will happen or not, it's not my decision. It's not my decision. It is the people who are affected by their property. If everyone agrees, I'm fine as long as they are 100% transparent. Awesome. So one more thing on environmental. Uh, do we, in your opinion, uh, should we privatize the DEC? No, I don't think we should privatize it. We have to change a lot about it. It's a complete revamp. There are there are two issues we have to work on when it comes to the environment. Number one, the DEC does not have an economic mandate at all, and that's a problem. It should be both an environmental and economic mandate. That's okay. number one. Number two, I need more people locally who make decisions. That also does not happen. It's all appointees in Albany. I need to be locally making decisions. People who live in those counties people who are accountable and any people who are electable on that count elected officials on those boards. And they're not any people can be accountable, but I'm not just done with that. We also create something else and that's called the EBU. This is the environmental victims unit. 
The Environmental Victims Unit is a unit that has to be assigned with the AG. The AG right now, the problem is the DEC can try to put together what happened as investigating, but the DEC doesn't put together a case that makes any sense. If you have like a, a cop at the DA, right? The right. cop investigates and gives all the data, but the cop doesn't put the case together. The DA has to put the actual Correct. case together, right? Our AG is simply not equipped to put a case together. It's not what it does. If we create an environmental victims unit, that unit puts together a case against someone who's a polluter, against someone who's created environmental damage. That's why it's called the environmental victims unit. And if you have that, it will actually break the veil, the corporate veil. So it right. actually the individual. It will make the individual responsible who made the bad decisions. You add an EBU to the AG, we can break that corporate veil. We can get the individual person who made those bad decisions. That will change how businesses do work. You then add on top of that local people making decisions who are born and raised and grew up in those areas. They care about those areas. You then add on top of that a DEC that also has an economic mandate, not just a protection mandate. You'll change how things get done in New York State. I like it. Um, so I want to touch base on healthcare just because going through your website, um, I was reading your healthcare policy statements. And one of the things I, I ran around was the certificate of need yeah. that you would like to do away with that. Which In theory. Okay. The problem is I probably can't just do away with it. Well, um, I, go ahead. So I don't, I don't think it would be a bad idea in like doctor's offices or dentist's offices that want to pop up here or there where it, it directly affects me. And what I wanted to ask you on was if you had thought of uh, or heard of this was a CON uh, directly affects the districting of EMS agencies in the state. So the agency I work for can only operate within their CON, right? Which is why. That's the way it's been. So change it. I, I've been in 11 years. So and change it. New York State's. That, Laws that aren't magic. Regulations I, I aren't magic. They I just, agree. They're just some, 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 some knucklehead in Albany said, I think it's a good idea. And a bunch <laughs> of people said, yeah, we agree. Thanks for giving us money. That's what, that's what these, most of these laws are. So, so change then it. what do we do with CONs then? The certificate of need in my, in, my, in my administration is automatic unless you want to use eminent domain. If you want to use eminent domain to build your hospital, no, you don't get your CON. Okay. Because I'm not letting you use eminent domain, right? I'm not letting you do that. Um, so just build it. I don't care. Build wherever you want. Okay. Build a hospital wherever you think a hospital should go. If you've got money, look, the government's not paying for your hospital. If if you've done the studies and you think you can make money with your hospital, build your hospital, right? The idea of certificate of need was supposed to help people to have better health care. That's not working at all. That has been failing for decades. This system has not worked. It has to go. So build your hospital where you want. Do it. Why, why do I care where your ambulance goes? Why? why? And, and that's, the, that's the thing. You shouldn't. You yes, know, the, so the I don't. really shouldn't. Um, Thank you. You know, and I, I like where you go with local control because there's there's yes. been so much, especially on the EMS end. Yeah. Um, we've also got to allow we've got to allow people to get into your field, the medical field, a whole lot easier. This is really stupid at what we do. The I mean, New York State's embarrassingly dumb in so many things. You know, if you get if you're a doctor in in, in like Connecticut, you're not you're not a doctor in New York State. Why? 
right. any stuff that was a good idea. Like, yeah. what, what is Connecticut? Somalia? I mean, it's insane that you would think that. That's right. how New York State works. And we fought for the nurse practitioner and the uh, and the, um, the the physician's assistant. We can't have that. We fought, fought, fought. It was years ago we fought for this. I'm so glad we have nurse practitioners and physician's assistants. That right. has made such a that has made such an improvement in healthcare. I'm so glad we have them. We fought like there's no tomorrow. We should be letting more people into the medical field, not less. Right. Doctors are fine to be supervising people, helping people. It's okay. Doctors have gone to school for a long time. They can probably teach pretty well. Yep. Let them start teaching people to be in the field. We can make levels of doctor. Fine. Nurse practitioner versus this. Fine. But get trained professionals into our healthcare system to lower costs, to make it so it's not so crazy to be part of it, to have better better and more EMTs, better and, and more people who are in our hospitals, better and more people in our facilities and clinics. More. We can do it. I, we should be we opening this up it. to and, people. And did you know that a paramedic in New York City – is not the same as a paramedic in Buffalo in New York state. Literally I I have a different way of functioning care than the paramedic that would come to your house in Queens. So why the standards should be across the board. A patient X should get the same care in patient Y if they're across the state. And it's ridiculous that New York state does that. There's so many bad things about New York State's medical community. All we talk about is health care insurance. How about fixing health care? Yeah, I, and that's I've said that for years. It's, All it's the an time. insurance problem, but let's fix the system itself because the if you fix the system, backwards. yes, you fix fixing health care. This is anything we talked about earlier. It just feeds a bad system, right? I don't want to feed a bad system. This is common sense, guys. Yep, um, it is. I yeah, it's common sense. So. Look, here's the reality. If you like what I'm saying and you want to help out, you should help out because I'm the guy giving you actual answers, telling you what's going on. No one else is. No one else is. Support me if you can. Let people know who I am. Name recognition's everything. We've got about a week left. If we get more people to know who I am, they always want to vote for me. If they just talk to me and know who I am, lots of people want to vote for me. They see what I'm talking about. This is still a winnable race. We can win this thing. Yeah, it really is. It is. It really is. But if um, you don't believe that, and lots of you don't believe that, it's fine. If you don't believe that, it's fine. You don't have to believe that. But if I even come in second, in New York State, here's what's been happening. For the past 16 years, blue team comes in first, red team comes in second, no change. Nope. No change. If the Republican comes in second again, nothing changes. But if I come in second this time, if you don't think I can win, Fine, you don't believe me. Okay, I'm lying. Whatever, you don't believe me. Fine. I can come in second then. If I come in second, guess what happens? A microphone gets shoved in my face every single day. How the hell did you do it, Larry? And I will talk about all these issues. If you vote red, if you're a New Yorker and you vote red or blue this year, you will change nothing. I promise you that. If you vote gold, I will either come in first, in which case I'll start changing. Or I'll come in second, in which case I'll start telling people how to change for the next year and right. we'll still get changed just slower, but we'll still get change. That's what it means to do that. LarrySharp.com. If you can tell your friends, tell them, share things online. Larry Sharp for New York Facebook page. Go there, share stuff, talk about stuff. If you find articles online, put my name there. If you can donate, donate. 
I have put over five figures of my own money into this campaign. Five figures of my own money into this campaign because I believe it that much. So I can ask you for money. Go to LarrySharp.com slash donate. Give whatever you can give. Whatever you can give. If you're in a position in New York State that you can give $5,000, give $5,000 if you're in that position. If you're not, give $10, 50 100 Whatever you can give, give. Because if you want change in this state, it, I'll go one step further. I want you to imagine if you don't live in New York State. What happens if I win this thing? It changes the nation overnight. This is the most important election as a single election. The most important single election in the entire state, in the entire nation. If I win this thing, every third party in the entire nation goes, holy crap, we can win it as third party. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You've just given every third party hope. You've given every third party energy. A bunch of people are gonna start shifting and moving. It will change our entire landscape overnight if I win this thing. If I come in second, it still does that and changes New York State completely. It, people say, my God, someone can win. As a, as a third party, oh my God, it will ch it'll make, and more important, you're a party loyalist. You care about your Democrat or your Republican, awesome. Your Democrats or Republicans suck right now, particularly in New York State, but all over. They're, all of their campaigns are, the other guy is evil. Yep. That's their campaign, the other yes. guy is evil. No ideas, no anything, the other guy is evil. Yep. When a third party is in the room, now they have to actually have answers. Yeah. You will have better Democrats and better Republicans if you have a third party in the room. You have libertarians in the room, you will have you have actual, Democrats are supposed to be about civil liberties. They're not. But with libertarian in the room, they kind of have to be. Right. Republicans are supposed to be about small government. They're not. But with the libertarian in the room, they kind of have to be. Mm -hmm. You will have better Democrats and better Republicans There's libertarian in the room. This matters. LarrySharp.com. Give what you can give. If you can't give, support any way you can. Tell your family, tell your friends, call people, share stuff. And that's Larry Sharp with an E, an E. And the E stands for electable. Very good, Larry. So I have two very quick lightning questions, and then we'll let you go, okay? Lightning, so, I probably won't answer. Go ahead. Uh, nope, they're very easy questions. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Go ahead. Where, where can I find the best slice of New York pizza? You've been in all 62 counties. I'm sure you had pizza somewhere. No, it's a hard one. Um, your best pizza in New York State is probably going to be in, I hate to say it, it's probably going to be in Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn is going to, you're going to find your best pizza in Brooklyn. All right. You are. All right. And please, I just, I just may not be unhappy because I'm not from Brooklyn, but I'm just telling you the truth. You, you're probably going to find your best pizza in Brooklyn. <laughs> well, this, this one will uh, definitely narrow the, the people on who like you. So you're originally from the Bronx, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly, but now you live in Queens. Mm -hmm. So Mets or Yankees? Not even close, Yankees. I grew up outside of Yankee Stadium. It's not even close. Yankees, 100%. Right. Yes, Yankees. And I've always said this. Um if the Yankees are not in the playoffs, the playoffs are illegitimate. Okay. Done. If the Yankees are in the playoffs, they're legitimate. They're not in the playoffs. It's fixed. Illegitimate. It's fixed. <laughs> Done. That's all. All right. Well, Larry, thank you again for joining us, taking the time. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And uh, November 6th, everybody, go out, vote. Uh, vote gold. There it is. Thank you, guys. Thank you.